Welcome to the Free From Binge Eating Podcast with me, Breed, your host. Binge eating sucks. Trust me, I know. I was stuck in that spiral of binge, restrict, diet, yo-yoing weight loss, feeling guilty and ashamed, and hating my body for 10 years. Now that I'm out, I'm turning my pain into purpose by helping you stop binging, start loving your body, self, and life again. It's time to live free from binge eating. Are you ready? Let's go. Hey peeps, what's up? Welcome to this episode. As you can probably see, we've got a guest on board today. It's Stevie Wright, and she is going to take us through so much interesting stuff. We're going to go through breathwork, embodiment, feminine practices, psychedelics, so much stuff to get into. I actually know her through the coaching certification that I did a few years ago. She was in the cohort before me and I found out about her and I'd followed her for a while and I thought, you know what, she'd be so interesting to have on the podcast. So I brought her here for you guys today. Can't wait for you to hear everything she has to say, everything she has to share. Let's just get straight into it. Here is Stevie in three, two, one. Stevie, I'm so happy that you are here. I'm so excited to chat all things breathwork, embodiment. I I just said before the recording, but like I've been following you for a year. So I'm fangirling a bit and I've got so many questions to ask. So thank you for being here. I'm so happy to be here, but I can't wait to hear all the questions. Awesome. Okay, so actually, I usually start off with some... Um, quick fire questions so easy going stuff so first of all where are you from I'm from California Southern California I live in LA now I've been here for uh just about almost eight years um but I grew up in a little tiny town in the desert called Phelan Mm -hmm. uh, that's still in California that's still in California Mm -hmm. um most people have not heard of it most people have heard of for any Southern California listeners out there it's maybe you know Victorville but it's a really small little town Cool. Oh, I'm jealous. I, I'm in London. So obviously London's great and everything, but I'm just jealous of the weather in California. It is really nice right now. It's December and it's, it's, it's not bad at all. (laughs) Do you guys have, um, where it's like dark by 3.30 PM? Not 3.30, but about 4.45 to 5. Not dark, but definitely the sun is starting to set. Yeah. Okay. Favorite place in nature? Oh, um, you know, I really like the mountains. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really, it's funny at living in South, Southern California, I'm not much of a beach girl. Mm. I love the mountains. I love the mountains so much. I love the mountains and I love the desert, probably because mm-hmm. I grew up in the desert, but Joshua Tree and, and Idlewild are some of my favorite places. Mm, I haven't been there yet, but definitely on the list. How That's about uh, Yosemite or that kind of area? Yeah, I haven't been since I was a kid, but any sort of foresty thing like that is my my jam. Mm, yeah, I feel yeah. Um, how about what makes you feel most sexy? Mm. I love lingerie. I love wearing mm-hmm. lingerie for my partner. I feel very, very sexy. Um, even some of my my uh, feminine practices, my feminine mm-hmm. embodiment practices make me feel really, really turned on and sexy. Mm-hmm. Cool. We can definitely talk about that later, what they are. Yeah. I know from obviously stalking you on Instagram that you have a partner, right? Yes. Yes. So what's your favorite way to bond? So Patrick and I have been together for uh, just over seven years. Mm-hmm. And seven and a half years about. And we really like Tantra. We do a Mm -hmm. lot of Tantra work together. We do a lot of spiritual intimacy and polarity work. Mm -hmm. Um, 
practically one of the ways that we really like to connect is eye gazing. Mm -hmm. Um, It's something that we uh, do in Tantra with our our Tantra teacher together. And um, I think really more than anything with our, our love for deep conversation and, Mm -hmm. and checking in at the end of the day, also psychedelics, psychedelics Mm -hmm. is a huge part of both of our lives and and our relationship. So those are some of my favorite ways. Okay, definitely some stuff. Let me make note to go into these, mm-hmm. these things in more detail. Um, but that's the quick fire done. So how about we like rewind a bit and just sort of like paint a picture of how you got to this point where you are an embodiment coach and breathwork guide. I would love to. So um, I've been coaching for about coming up on seven years now, I think six or seven years now. Mm-hmm. And uh, my kind of intro into coaching was was not what I'm doing right now at all. It was really mm-hmm. through the holistic nutrition and wellness lens. And um, that just came from my own interest and love with wellness and and um, my, my own uh, journey with physical uh, health and, and wellness and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I went to health coaching school. Mm-hmm. I went to IIN and I really liked it. I was, I was really enjoying it. Um, I started seeing clients and I would do these six month programs with women. And, um, and I've told this story many times on podcasts, but basically what happened is I started seeing clients and very, very quickly, you know, my, my clients and I would start to build a real rapport and trust and they would, you know, a couple months in, share some really serious trauma with me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was just completely out of my depth. I had no idea how to help them. I was, you know, like, oh, here's a, another recipe. Like, you know, I mean, I did yeah, the best yeah. I could. I did the best yeah. I could, but I did not know how to support um, yeah. how to support them. And I, I learned very quickly that um, what they were sharing with me was so not about food. It was not about anything nutritional. I mean, here, listen, I love nutrition. It's, it's part of my personal life. I don't teach it at all anymore. I don't talk Mm -hmm. about it at all anymore. Uh, but it is, um, it was, it was just so out of alignment. Now that's not to say, you know, I've worked with a health coach myself and nutritionist and it's so needed and so important, Mm -hmm. but for me personally, it wasn't the work that I wanted to be doing. I realized that, um, if I wanted to be doing you know, sustainable transformation with people. It was not about anything that I was doing. Yeah. So that led me into um, quitting health coaching. Mm-hmm. I got a I got a nine to five job, oh. um, and it led me down this path of really doing the trauma work and the healing work myself, the inner mm-hmm. child work, and, and you know, getting my own therapist and getting my own coach, and starting to do the deep process of meeting myself because a lot of the things that my clients were telling me about were so they were reflecting and mirroring my own stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I was on a, I needed to go on a, my own personal journey of healing and, mm-hmm. and spiritual intimacy. And, uh, eventually that le- led me to hungry for happiness. Mm-hmm. And we have that in common. Um, I found that, uh, you know, I wanted to go deeper than the food and body. And, you know, what was interesting, the hunger for happiness gave me, I, I recommend it to, my dying breath. Like I, I love mm-hmm. that program so much. I love Sam. Um, and I realized quickly after that program, again, starting to coach again, that I just didn't want to talk about food at all. Mm. I just was like, 
I didn't want to. I didn't want to talk about food. I didn't want to talk about the body. I was bored. I was completely bored. Mm -hmm. And not that it is boring, but I just was, I couldn't possibly have all my content talk about the same thing. And I really wanted to talk more about broad healing and broad transformation. And so um, long story short, I mean, over the years, I've just done a lot of uh, trainings and, and uh, certifications and teachings, but also my own, my own process with uh, healing the trauma in my body. And, uh, you know, I still have lots of ways to go, mm-hmm. but uh, doing somatic work and doing embodiment work and, um, you know, getting some background in depth psychology. Now, you know, years later, I feel like I'm at a place where I'm doing very deep um, transformative, sustainable, life-altering work with people because we are going into their subconscious. We're going into Mm -hmm. the patterns that show themselves over and over and over again and really working symbolically and with the hologram Mm -hmm. uh, of uh, what you believe to be true on the inside is what shows up for you outside. Mm -hmm. So um, my work now is really about working with the body, working with the nervous system and working with the subconscious beliefs that are kind of permeating our entire lives. Fascinating. So fascinating. I have so many notes, so many things to like dive into. Yeah. What a journey. I I think, I feel like that's quite a common journey to take of where like it starts to sort of like the nutrition and body level and slowly you realize like that's actually not the thing that needs like the real like deeper help. I think to just talking about kind of the the journey of it all mm-hmm. I've gotten I've gotten the reflection in the past from people hearing me on podcasts or, or just online you know saying oh my gosh that's what my journey looked like I thought I was doing it wrong like I'm over here I'm over there I have to quit and get a job and then I quit my job and go back into coaching and this and that mm-hmm. and up and down and sideways and that really is you know I, I think there is of, of course there are the stories where it's like you start something and it just builds and whatever you know that yeah. that that journey. But I think also there's, um, it's what's more common is bouncing around until you realize one day, oh, I found my footing. Mm. And um, I think there's something really cool in letting that journey be exactly what it needed to be. And now at this point in my life, I've been, uh, I went full-time in coaching in January of 2019. Mm -hmm. So it's been a minute and I'm very, very solid in my career now, but it, it took a lot of bopping around, you know, to get here and a lot of like, what am I doing? And what do I want to do? And what's the thing and who yeah. am I talking to and all the things. And, um, yeah, I, 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 uh, it's just a fun thing to look back on and, you know, always yeah <laughs> like to see how like that thing led to this and if that didn't happen like this door wouldn't have opened right so it's right. so interesting to see like for me I I started um well I was so lost in my early 20s I literally had same, no same. idea what I wanted to do yeah and I was just kind of like floating a bit not really committing to anything and then finally I was like you know what I've just got to do something and I just worked in marketing in a startup and it was just like made me do something and then then I like moved to data science like from marketing to data science and then one day I was like this is not it like I'm depressed every day I'm like I have no energy to go to this job and then it just happened on a holiday. I just started listening to all these sort of like female entrepreneurial podcasts. And I heard Sam on a on the Boss Babe podcast. Right. And I was like, wow, this story is like so me. And then I looked into the program. Two weeks later, I was on the program. And then like yeah. 
things all, you know, like you would never have been like, oh, it's an obvious route to take marketing, data science, being a body coach, and then like, who knows what, but each right. thing kind of like needed to happen to get there. Yeah, and, and, and you pull on one thread and another, you know, a million other threads pull and it's just trusting your journey and trusting that you're on the right path always and you're always being guided. Definitely, definitely. So I have more questions on things. Uh, okay, let's go into breath work because it's something that I use a little bit in one of my online courses. So some of my listeners are probably a bit aware, but you're obviously going to be like way more advanced because did you do polls as well? I did, yeah. Okay, I didn't. So uh, maybe just like open up about what exactly breath work is and what it can be used for. Yeah, so breath work is... Um... Breathwork, I mean, it's not new. <laughs> it's, a, it's an ancient, ancient healing modality that's been used in the East for millennia. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, it's really, it's, it's become um, westernized since about the 70s. And it really is just conscious, continual breathing. Um, you know, you think breathwork and you think, oh, I'm breathing right now. Am I doing breathwork? Mm-hmm. It's really... Um, there's all different types of breathwork practices. There's holotropic and this one and that one and fire breath and kundalini and all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. But really at the end of the day, it's con- bringing consciousness, bringing awareness, bringing intention to your breath mm-hmm. and knowing that your breath is f- your life force. Mm-hmm. And that when you uh, are connected to your breath in, in a spe- that specific way, you bypass the ego, you bypass the mind and you go right into the body when we're in the body, and this has a lot to to do with, you know, the the somatics, the work that I do and and what somatic work really is. Somatic, soma, means body. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I really believe that trauma and limiting beliefs and old wounds and stories, they live in the body. They live in your tissue. Mm -hmm. And so mindset, thought work, all of that is amazing. I do a ton of it myself and with my clients. But if you're leaving out the body, uh, I think that there's, um, you know, I don't want to say it's it's something's missing, you know, but mm-hmm. I, I will say that there, I think there is so much more that can be deepened and opened up through the lens of the body. Mm-hmm. And so breathwork is one of, one, one of many somatic tools and it's, it's an incredibly, I believe it's, it's the most healing modality on the planet. I really do. Wow. You, you go right into the body and when you're in the body, that's when you're really able to process let go of heal trauma really like squeeze out and wring out limiting beliefs from it from the tissue from a nervous system level um, connect with your inner wisdom connect with your inner resources connect with your higher self and it's something um, that is just I, I use it personally almost not every day but but almost you know three four times a week mm-hmm. and uh, it's been deeply healing on my own journey and and with my clients and I, I didn't find it through through pause or um, mm-hmm. through Sam. I found breathwork maybe four years ago, four or five years ago or something like that. My girlfriend took me to a breathwork class and I didn't know what it was. I thought it was a workout class. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I was planning on doing some sort of workout and I get yeah. there and there's this bald man in these like cool <laughs> clothes and he's had, there's a giant gong and everyone's setting up their mats and I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> And uh, he led us through this incredible hour-long breathwork practice. And I had a a very profound experience. And 
um, I, I just was like, what the hell just happened? And so I stayed with Breathwork personally for a couple of years before deciding to, and then, you know, Sam was doing it in Hungry for Happiness and she mm-hmm. uh, launched Pause and it just felt like the right next step to integrate that into my, my practice yeah. with my clients. But it's, it's something that is very, very special and um, mm-hmm. very healing. And when you are healing at a body and nervous system level, the healing mm-hmm. can be quantum. It, it can be a quantum leap, which is pretty cool. What does that mean, quantum leap? I mean, you're literally changing timelines. Mm-hmm. When, you're, when you're quantum leaping, you're changing timelines in a way where um, first I'm in this, I'm, I'm here and I'm this version of Stevie. And then all of a sudden I'm mm-hmm. in another timeline where I'm a completely different person. And when we're quantum leaping and through the lens of breath work, so much can happen and it is, it is so deep. In a, in a breathwork practice, it can be. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are things that I've seen myself included and I've seen in, in clients where something is like really touched and, and felt and processed at a very quick rate. That's so fascinating. I am sold. Like I'm signing up to Breath Channel after this. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> Honestly, because I feel like exactly what you're saying is for me myself, and I can imagine lots of people listening, that block where, you know, you can do all the, you know, changing your thoughts and trying to find counter evidence to this belief or whatever, but there's always like, just like that little bit still stuck. So for me, one of my limiting beliefs is when it comes to business, there'll be something like, oh, I'm just not quite cut out for this or like there's something wrong that I'm doing that other people have or they've got and I don't have like separating myself from others to seek to like explain why I'm like failing at something yeah and as much as I like go back and explore like where that came from and I feel like I kind of know where it's from I'm still like but how do I release it mm-hmm. because there'll, there'll definitely be times when I feel like I'm letting it go or things are going well so it's easy to believe otherwise right but it's always still there and I'm like is that gonna be something that's just gonna be there for the rest of my life right and and um something that just came you know in in this moment is is knowing that this not just this business or this place in time but also this planet that this planet this world is a fit for you and there's Mm -hmm. a place for you here and and there's um there it is possible to be understood and to be met here yeah using me as the example how would you use breath work to lift that belief yeah well my somatic teacher was just saying something that was so beautiful which was you know a lot of times um you see people not you're not not going into the feelings not going into the belief not going into the fear Mm -hmm. um and and like going right to the like no I am I am like I can do this this is meant for me like I can and and uh when we do that there's a whole layer of of pain that hasn't been felt Mm-hmm. you know um something that I teach in my group program it's called the embodied woman but something that I teach in that program is and from my, what I learned from my somatic therapist is we want to go into the part that thinks she can't have this and that mm-hmm. this isn't meant for her and that um you know will I ever be able to do it like yeah what what does it felt like to believe 
this isn't meant for you? Mm-hmm. What has it felt like in your body to believe that you can't do it? Yeah. Let's let's understand like the the that inner child part that because this isn't a, a, this isn't just this isn't made in a vacuum. There's a reason mm-hmm. why this is here, right? Yeah. So understanding like, oh man, why did she feel as a young one that mm-hmm. this wasn't meant for her, that she couldn't have what she wants or that she couldn't do it, you know, and welcoming those feelings if it's mm-hmm. grief, if it's sadness, if it's rage, yeah, it's if it's numb. We want to welcome those feelings, feel those feelings through mm-hmm. so that we can get to the truth. Mm-hmm. And so with breath work, what it, what the breath allows you to do is drop into those feelings. It sometimes can be hard to access yeah. them, but the breath allows you to drop into those feelings and, and say, okay, I welcome you here. I want to know more. Mm-hmm. I have, a, I have a, an adult body now. It's safe to feel these feelings through Yeah, and feel them through, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and that's what I mean by wringing out the tissue is mm-hmm. feeling through, feeling them all the way. And then, um, then on the other side of that is sometimes we go, we, we focus so much on the shadow that we don't go back into the truth and the, the, the bigness and the, and the light of who you really are. So it's about, mm-hmm. it's about swimming in both mm-hmm. unconditionally welcoming feeling and, and, and refeeling the things that your, your little body didn't know how to feel, didn't have access or didn't have the support to feel through mm-hmm. the things that got stuck, the belief that got stuck, and then coming back into the truth of who you are. Mm. so interesting as you were like talking about the steps I was thinking I yeah I kind of either do either or like you're like no I can like believe in myself I don't have to have self-doubt and you sort of just like power through and try to prove that you're that person or you wallow in the limiting belief not even like feeling it in a kind way but just like ugh, poor me like I'm just stuck like this Right. And actually, and that's such a good point. It's when you're wallowing and mm-hmm. when you're um, in that place, I mean, it feels like you're feeling it, right? Mm-hmm. But actually it's, it's, that, um, it's that wallowing place that's actually not touching the real feeling. Right. You know, and when you don't touch the real feeling, that's how we just keep coming up against those same patterns over and over again, different days, same belief, different, different person, same mm-hmm. story, different situations, same pattern, you know? Yeah. And uh, actually touching it means grieving, grieving what it felt like to, for it not to be a fit, grieving what it feels like to, to feel like this isn't for me and, and grieving mm-hmm. what it felt like to be a young one who felt like she couldn't have what she wants. Mm-hmm. You know, like I couldn't, yeah. I, yeah. I feel like it is a subtle difference. It's like either being like really, in the feeling almost kind of like a victim in that moment or it's in the story yeah it's it's like in the story when you're in the story that's when you're just wallowing Mm. when you're just like just it's just like I can't I can't I can't I can't I can't it's just you're you're in the story you're actually not in the feeling right 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 and so like all of those steps would be within the breathwork practice so yeah, I mean, but but also, I mean, that can happen. That doesn't have to happen in breathwork. Breathwork is mm-hmm. a way that that can really help support in, in getting in there. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, we could do that in a meditation. There's there's different ways that we can do that. At the end of the day, it's really just about unconditionally welcoming what's here. I'm gonna pause right there for a minute to share something with you. So if you've been listening so far and feel like you're ready to start your recovery journey with me, I've got the perfect springboard. 
That is my free masterclass, Why You're Still Binge Eating and How to Stop. It's a 35 minute free video masterclass where I'll walk through all of the reasons you might still be binging. Then I'll give you three actionable steps to stop binge eating. So if you're looking for actual results in your life, want to never binge again, trust me, I know the feeling. I was stuck for 10 years doing that. Then head to the show notes to get instant access today. I'll also gift you something for joining me at the masterclass, but I'll leave that surprise for you to find out for yourself. Life is just so damn short and it's not worth feeling so miserable, unhappy, unhealthy with binging taking over. So watch the masterclass today to start your new life. Okay, let's get back into the show. When you're talking about your somatic practice, can you explain what that is a little bit and just some examples of what those techniques could be? Sure. I mean, it it pretty much is exactly what we, another example of what we just talked about. So, Mm -hmm. um, so for example, with my feminine somatic practice, Mm -hmm. um, really what it is, is being a yes to what's in my body. Mm -hmm. So femininity isn't just when I'm embodying the feminine, I'm not just embodying like pleasure and, and like turn on. I mean, that's, those are Mm -hmm. L and desire. Those are absolutely elements of the feminine, but really the feminine is about, about revealing what's true in your heart and being a yes, what's true in my heart. So I might sit on my mat and I might hit numb and I have to just sift through a bunch of numb and fog and okay, well, how does it feel to be numb? Well, it feels fucking frustrating. It feels annoying. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's, that's the place you start. And so it's about being with what's in the body in the moment. And what happens is when I'm really in, like I'll, maybe I start with fog or maybe I start with grief or maybe I start with rage, whatever is true in the moment. It always, what happens is if I'm like, if it's rage, I'm screaming, I'm punching, I'm like letting mm-hmm. that rage move. But then what happens is there's a pop and it's like, oh, and then what's next is pleasure. What's next mm-hmm. is desire. What's next is turn on. And it's like a dance you know, with all those, those energies, but really the feminine practice is breath, sound movement, and being a yes to what is being a yes to the sensations in the body, feeling the sensations in the body, mm-hmm. feeling the feelings and, and letting them move. Would there be such thing as like a masculine practice? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So the masculine is all about consciousness. The masculine mm-hmm. is, it's always been, it always will be, it's never wavering. It's, it's, it's the oak tree. You know, mm-hmm. it's unmovable. Uh, and so the a conscious practice could be sitting still. It's not a lot of movement. It's stillness, mm-hmm. it's emptiness, and it's consciousness. So if I wanted to really work with the masculine, I would sit in meditation and, 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 and feel into the consciousness of who I am, feeling to the emptiness of who I am. Mm-hmm. There's, there's the, the vastness of it. How would you know or sort of decide what type of practice you'd want to do Mm. I for me because I'm I run my business because I am I have a very big dick I mostly always turn toward the feminine practice right right, always for me yeah but that I mean someone who is um very feminine needs more structure and need more um, forward motion and penetration and action. Maybe they implement a more masculine practice for a while. I don't have issue with the action part. So the the feeling mm. getting into my body part is is more of my my medicine right now. 
I feel like that's probably a little bit of what I need to. So you do feminine, the feminine practice more often. What does that, how does that uh, show up in then your life? Like what's the difference in your life given that you do that practice quite often? It's mostly for me, what I'm noticing right now in my life is how it shows up in my relationship mm-hmm. and how I'm able to meet my partner and how I'm my receptivity toward him and my, um, trust in him and my ability to surrender into his masculine container and his masculine leadership so like this sounds so familiar to me I feel like I show up way too much in the masculine in my relationship how would how would you describe being too like in your masculine look like in a relationship well for me it's um being in control not letting him lead not trusting his guidance um, you know, trusting my own. And this is, let me be clear. It's not about like a damsel in distress. I'm not like, Oh, oh yeah. you know, like, I don't know what to do. But I mean, that, that can be part of it just to play in that, you know, mm-hmm. but it's really about, um, the, I mean, also the toxic part too, I think is, you know, making him come to the workshops, making him do the, his work, like pushing him to, because mm-hmm. I don't trust his leadership. And I won't, I don't allow, allow myself to surrender. It's, it's making him show up in a way where, you know, I'm not trusting his own process. Yeah. I'm totally the same. And I'm trying, like, for example, tonight, while we're doing this, he's like taking leadership for the night. He's like going to cook me a dinner and do these nice things, give me a massage and stuff. Usually yeah. I'd be the one who's like, can you get dinner sorted by this time? Or like, can you help me make dinner? We need to do it at this time, blah, blah, blah. And I can totally see it being really harmful to the relationship when I'm way too in my masculine. Like, I feel like as a consequence of me taking too much control and not trusting him, it's almost taught him to take a back seat. So then when I do try to relax myself, it's almost like he won't step up because he's so used to me being in that position. Right. You just, just, just wait. I mean, at some point, if you're in your feminine mm-hmm. and you're lean back, at yeah. some point, someone's got to, someone's got to take yeah. the rein. <laughs> <laughs> or so we're just on a directionless, directionless ship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so true. So what does your, the psychedelic, um, what's the word for it, uh, practice look like with your partner? Yeah, so Patrick and I, we're in a community here in LA that um, leads journeys and leads psychedelic and and plant medicine ceremonies. And we've been in it for, oh my goodness, I think over five years, Mm -hmm. either just over or just under five years. And um, it is a, it's a really big part of our lives individually. And as a couple, it's Mm -hmm. something that um, it's not, you know, I hear people talk about plant medicine as like, it's the end all be all. It's the answer to all your questions. It's not, mm-hmm. it's really not. In fact, it is a, sometimes things that like really kind of break things down <laughs> so that things can be re- rebuilt, but, right. um, but it is an incredible tool, an incredible tool of expanding your mind, getting into your heart, mm-hmm. uh, understanding why we are the way we are and, and how I'm showing up and it's, it's guidance and it's connection. And um, it's been incredible for both of us and for our relationship. It's, it's been very connecting and healing for us as a couple too. We, mm-hmm. we journey maybe every six to eight weeks. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty, pretty regular part of our practice. Mm-hmm. What yeah. would a journey look like? 
Um, some, well, you know, we journey with our community. We journey at home by ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always very intentional. So mm-hmm. whatever our, um, whatever the medicine of choice is, we use, we use it very intentionally and we'll, you know, set intentions and, and, um, connect and then take the medicine and let the, let the night lead us where it's going to lead us. And then there's always like an integration. There's always an integration where we're really Mm -hmm. the next morning where we're integrating and talking about what came up and yeah, letting it land. So when you set an intention as like a joint, would it be a joint intention of something that you want to explore during the journey? And then after you kind of come back to that? Sometimes, sometimes we'll set, um, if, if, you know, specifically if it's a journey with that just Patrick and I are doing, we'll set individual intentions and we'll set intentions for as a, as a couple. Mm-hmm. And those will kind of be our, our guiding light throughout the journey. I've only done the non-plant medicine drugs. So, uh, <laughs> so it's probably time that I should uh, go down that route. <laughs> They're all, yeah, totally. They're, it's, it's really, really special. It's a great tool. I can imagine. I have heard some people talk about some of them. And, you know, it's also, it's not for everyone, you know, it's, it's not always, you know, it's, it's not for everyone. I think that Mm -hmm. it's, if you're called to it, you can trust that. But if you're not called to it, you can trust that too. Switching gears again. So you said the, the word a few times, embodiment. What does that mean? I'll use um, one of my mentors, John Wineland. He's a spiritual intimacy coach and Mm -hmm. an incredible, incredible um, coach and incredible man. He describes embodiment. His definition is taking an ethereal concept Mm -hmm. uh, like love or abundance or consciousness or magic and making it so felt and so grounded in the body that not only do you experience the world from that place, but also other people experience you from their body. It's all, it's really about being present in your body. Oh, when you say people experience you from their body, mm-hmm. does that mean they experience that feeling that you're embodying? So kind of like to them, you are love. Yeah, That's exactly. So, cool. <laughs> <laughs> so what kind of embodiment work do you do? Uh, well, embodiment work goes, I think goes really hand in hand with somatic work. Embodiment, some of my embodiment practices, like the one I was telling you about with the, the feminine practice. Mm-hmm. I also do a lot of like manifestation embodiment where I'm call, I'm connecting with the thing that I'd like or the, the reality that I'm calling in and mm-hmm. embodying what that reality feels like in my body. So how would it feel to be living that reality as if it's happening right now? And then like really, really practicing those feelings in my body and and enhancing and um, lifting those feelings in my body to Mm -hmm. almost like make an energetic signature so that my body thinks it's happening now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that, that um, method because uh, I remember really specifically this one time I was imagining like the social group that I want. I kind of wanted that sex in the city, like four girls in the city, different personalities, and we're all just meeting for brunch on the regular, which is something that I definitely don't have right now. It's my, my friendship group. is very like sporadic. You'll see someone like once every two months and then another person the other month. So I don't have this solid group. And so I was imagining it and it was so exciting. Like I, my body yeah. was so excited. Right. It was so cool. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's really powerful. Just like the power of your imagination. And that's embodiment. Yeah. Feeling it in your yeah. body and, and 
you know, really enhancing those feelings. That's how you collapse time and space and, and make that reality come to you quicker. Mm-hmm. So let's go through an example if we can for the listeners. So most people listening are probably struggling with feeling happy in their body and kind of like a lot of anxiety and stressing a lot about food. How would you use any of these techniques to maybe like let's focus on the body image side of things to just feel like sexier and happier and more free in your body? You know, I've been doing a lot of work with one of my, one of my mentors, Dr. Sam Rader. Mm-hmm. And um, these days when I think about body image and when I think about, you know, eating habits and all things like that, mm-hmm. um, what I've learned is they're really more associated with needs than anything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so um, when I think about, as, you know, someone who, who struggles with body image, and and letting themselves feed and letting themselves like when you think about food you're literally feeding Mm -hmm. but it's it's energetic and literal calories you're getting Mm -hmm. literal calories but then also the part of you that needs to feed and needs and wants to be full Mm -hmm. um I think about that in that context Mm -hmm. so um I think the more that you allow yourself to need and to be full and to feed mm-hmm. and, and allow yourself to take in nutrients. Um, I think the, the, you know, sort of funky uh, relationship with food and, and body image softens mm-hmm. because you know that you're allowed to take in and, and be nourished. Mm-hmm. So um, that's kind of the way these days I've been thinking about body image and, and supporting my clients with that piece mm-hmm. um, because I, I want them to know that they're allowed to need and they're allowed to get support and they're allowed to be fed yeah yeah so true I feel like so I I was basically in like a really bad state of binge eating and dieting for like 10 years um, and ended like three years ago but during that whole time it was yeah like I just never let myself just eat and like enjoy and see it as like taking care of my body it was always this very like fear-driven, desperate, urgent energy of just like, this is a transaction, there's a calculation going on in my head. What does this food mean for my weight? And it was all so stuck at like that level. And I feel like another thing that I, because I was so stuck with the number, like the weight and what that would mean, but I never really went that level deeper of being like, what does that, what's that number that I want to get to? What is that actually about? Like what's the feeling that I want I never thought about that I was just so stuck on like that's it like I'm gonna life is gonna be perfect when I meet this number but I never realized like I could feel those feelings now yeah do you do you feel like you um have a history of like you know being the the one who takes care of people and the one who um you know meets other people's needs and do you feel like you you're not really I'm not that person, I would say. No, no. 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 I'm actually probably too selfish, if anything. <laughs> Why do you say that? Um, I'd say that I observe around me in society, like how self-sacrificial some people can be, like for example, my sure. mom. And yeah. I almost want to go the other way. Like I, I remember so often growing up, I'd always be like, Mom, you're so self-sacrificial, kind of in like a good and a bad way. Like she would we would never go to the restaurant that she wanted to go to she would always 
bypass her desires and needs to just make anyone else happy and and just in general like seeing it in so many people so yeah I feel like maybe in comparison to them I think I'm selfish yeah you're like not me yeah. <laughs> nope 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 <laughs> good for you that's awesome <laughs> but um I guess another example would be how would you use breath work on the go in a moment that you might be really anxious about something or just something that's like yeah very real time yeah this is this is part of the reason why I created the breath channel Mm -hmm. because the breath channel so um the breath channel is my breath work and embodiment membership Mm -hmm. it's completely donation based you choose the price that's right for you um and, you know, I really just trust the integrity of my community. And, you know, if they, mm-hmm. they need to come in at a, at zero or a low price, I trust that. And if you have the means to give more, that's amazing too. But one of the reasons that I created the breath channel is we don't always have time to do like a, a 60 or 90 minute mm-hmm. full breathwork session. And sometimes five, seven, 10 minutes is really all you need to clear energy to get grounded to feel better to connect with your body and uh, the breath channel is full of tons and tons of easy fast and incredibly profound breath or practices mm-hmm. for you to feel better and feel connected to yourself um you know caveat to that i you cannot do breath work while driving <laughs> <laughs> but if you're if you're parked and you need to you know be um just move some energy or clear some energy or you're at your desk mm-hmm you know, and you just need to have a quick reset or pick me up, mm-hmm. the breath channel is perfect for that. Mm-hmm. I definitely find that in those moments where I need to pick me up, it's probably incorporating breath, but like walking or moving my body yeah. in nature while I guess breathing. Yeah, totally. So powerful. So simple. <laughs> it literally like makes my day every morning when I choose to go on that walk with my dog. shifts your mindset so much yeah absolutely (laughs) it was actually one of my biggest revelations since the pandemic because before I was in my full-time job and I was like rushing stressing on the two like the subway going to work an hour and a half there and back every day and it just like put you in such a bad mental space and so then when we were working from home I was almost like oh my god now I just don't walk like because I don't commute so I forced myself to start walking in the mornings and now it's just like amazing I cannot um, yeah it's, it's so, such a part of your self-care it is it is yeah yeah I feel like that's that's for me maturing is realizing that walking is the best form of movement yeah yeah good for you so I would love to keep going forever but I know you've got things <laughs> to do we're busy businesswoman. so last question I'm curious what do you feel like your future self would tell you now my future self Mm-hmm. Mm. you're doing fucking awesome keep going it's yes. all it's all happening you're being guided the whole way you can trust yourself oh I love that I love that awesome well mm. thank you so much for being here it's been amazing these are such awesome questions it's been a pleasure cool. where can people find you and the breath channel yeah I'm on Instagram check me out at Stevie L right underscore mm-hmm. um, the breath channel you can find it in the link in my bio I have uh, my group program uh, launching in February. We already have like 10 people or 11 people on the wait list. So it's mm-hmm. definitely going to fill up. And that, that program is four months long and it's centered all around somatic transformation, somatic embodiment. So all the things that we were talking about today, 
really healing from a, from a deep nervous system level, healing beliefs in the tissue. Um, it's very powerful. And the, the breakthroughs and the healing that, that takes place in that program is such a wonderful sight to behold. So we are, we are open for a moment for that. Awesome. Sounds amazing. Sounds amazing. Yeah. So I'll put all that in the show notes for everyone listening. And yeah, just once again, thank you so much. And thank you to everyone listening as well. All right. Have, have a good one. And that's the scoop for today. I hope you enjoyed the episode and learned something new that you can start applying to your life. It really helps my podcast to grow and reach more women who are struggling as well when you rate and review. So if you got a spare minute, I would appreciate it so much if you could rate and review. And if you took something from this episode, it would mean the world to me if you could share it with someone in your life. Change someone's day, mood, or even their life. Be that person. I know I absolutely love it when my sister sends me podcast episodes. It just shows me she's thinking of me and she wants to help me elevate alongside her. As always, feel free to DM me on Instagram at freewithbreed. I'm always open for feedback and let me know what you want me to speak about on the podcast because after all, this podcast is for you. Okay, that's it from me. Have a wonderful rest of your day and I will see you next time.